Hello, and welcome to Transformation by Truth podcast, where the call become the chosen and those who have been dedicated to serve the Most High receive the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth as we progress our quest for holiness, perfection, and everlasting life. My name is D.L. Anderson. I'll be your tour guide. Let's get started with today's lesson. Hello, my friends. D.L. Anderson here. Welcome to the Transmission by Truth podcast. In the quest for holiness, perfection, and everlasting life, 2022, week four. Today, we continue the series on perfection and everlasting life. Two weeks to examine the prize and the goal of the quest for holiness. Now, today's podcast is Lecture G, a word of truth accounting of the spiritual models of perfection and everlasting life, day seven. Now, the title of today's podcast is The Divine Imputation of Perfection. Blessed is the man to whom Yahuwah will not impute sin. Romans 4, 8. Now, the Lecture G objectives are discuss why divine imputation is necessary, reveal how divine imputation occurs, examine the works of faith, and provide a definition for divine imputation and justification. For those of you who have joined our virtual book club, this lecture references chapter two of the Pinnacle of Holiness, volume one, Yahuwah's will is our perfection. Let's begin by discussing why divine imputation is necessary. In starting this lecture, I want to provide a brief summary of what we have achieved thus far in this series. Chiefly, we have Proven perfection is possible, provided a spiritual definition of perfection, exposed all alternative paths as counter scripture, and confirmed perfection is the equivalence of doing our best. From now, we must discuss how we achieve a spiritual status of perfection from a procedural perspective, and you must understand why it is required. I'll begin this lecture with the latter, that is, why divine imputation is required. Isaiah 64, 6 reads, And all of us have become as one unclean, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. And all of us fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. This verse confirms that our righteousness apart from the spirit, could never be used toward our justification and consequent election into everlasting life. Reason being, there is no comprehensive model of physical perfection. Now, this is obviously a byproduct of sin and the enduring effect that sin has on man in this life. For this cause, man can never achieve perfection Again, without the spirit, even if he did his absolute very best, he would fail through the weakness of his flesh. 
Now, this speaks to another role of the amazingly wonderful spirit in our lives. In this example, the spirit is our divine infiltrator. His role is to facilitate the process in which perfection is imputed, i.e. assigned to those who are chosen. Now, by definition, divine infiltration is the process in which the Holy Spirit imputes perfection to an individual after they have completed the transmission process and are assimilated to the spiritual model of Yahushua Messiah. This assimilation is the key, for Yahushua Messiah approves the infiltration, and he will not approve those who do not align with his model of self-denial and sacrifice. Hebrews 10, 12-14 reads, But this man, Yahushua, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of Elohim. For by one offering he hath perfected for all time those who are sanctified. Now, this passage confirms that our perfection is tied to authentication. And as I have prior revealed, authentication is the equivalent of transformation. These things being what they are, it is clear perfection must be imputed to us, and it will be imputed to us at the end of the quest for holiness. Therefore, I will upgrade my preferred saying concerning this matter. Perfection is a door that leads to everlasting life, and divine imputation is the key. Let's now discuss how divine imputation occurs. From now, we must discuss how we achieve a spiritual status of perfection from a procedural perspective. Now, this is critical for a key reason. The scriptures confirm that no man can be justified by his works or his deeds. It's a classic non-starter. At the same time, the transformation process is extremely labor-intensive spiritually and physically, and we must do our very best to succeed. Now, here's a question. How do we achieve justification via perfection if our works in general cannot be used towards our justification? The answer is faith, namely an insurmountable belief in Yahushua Messiah that causes us to always follow his example. Now, to validate this position, we must use the word of truth to prove the following three points. One, no man can be justified according to his works. Two, man is justified by faith. And three, faith is not a work. Now, Romans 3, 19 through 20 are reading, and we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are in the law, so that every mouth might be stopped, and all the world come under judgment for Elohim. Therefore, by works of the law, no flesh shall be justified before him. For by the law is a knowledge of sin. Galatians 2.16 reads, A man is not justified by works of the law, but through belief in Yahushua Messiah. Even we have believed in Messiah Yahushua, in order to be justified by belief in Messiah and not by works of the law, 
because by works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Now, these verses prove the first two points. That is, man is not justified by works, and man is justified by faith. Now, we simply need to prove faith is not a work. James 2, 19-20 reads, You believe that Elohim is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But do you wish to know, O foolish man, that faith without the works is dead? Now, these verses prove perfectly that faith is not a work by confirming faith without works is dead. Ergo, faith cannot be a work. On the contrary, faith needs to be coupled with works to be made alive. Let's now discuss the works of faith. Now, although we are justified by faith, without works, our faith is dead. Ergo, faith alone will not save you. Your faith must be validated by works. Notwithstanding, the works which accompany faith are not the same works of the law. We know this because the law is compiled of mandates. Ergo, the works of the law are not a byproduct of faith. They are the basis for judgment. As it pertains to the law, all have sinned. And thus all, per the judgment assigned to those who do not follow the law, and those who fail at any time to guard the commands, are under the pain of unavoidable death. See Romans 3.19. 5, 12 through 18, and 6, 23. This is why their works cannot justify them. For where there is sin or transgression of the law, there can be no justification. Else sin via justification would continue, contradicting the word of truth, which confirms there will be an end to sin. This brings us to the only model of works that leads to justification, i.e. works deriving from faith, but not just any faith, faith in Yahushua Messiah. This model of faith, as we have proven, compels us to follow his example of perfection. This is why the works of faith are able to justify us. It's because perfection is the conclusion of our faith in Yahushua Messiah and our assimilation to his example. His example is perfection, and so our belief in him, if we truly have it, will propel us to the point of perfection. And this belief and the obedient faith which causes us to endure all the tests, trials, and challenges involved in perfecting holiness is what validates the works of faith. Unlike the works of the law, the works of faith are not mandates designed to facilitate judgment. They are a whosoever will opportunity to escape the wrath of Elohim. John 3.16 reads, For Elohim so loved the world that he gave his only brought forth son, so that everyone who believes in him should not perish but possess everlasting life. Revelation 22, 17 reads, 
And the spirit and the bride say, come. And he who hears, let him say, come. And he who thirsts, come. And whosoever desire it, take the water of life without pain. John 36 reads, he who believes in the son possesses everlasting life. But he who does not obey the son shall not see life, but the wrath of Elohim remains on him. Now, the sum of these verses prove our works of faith are the source of our justification. And these works can only be executed by those in the way of holiness. All other works, despite their levels of goodness, cannot justify any woman or man. And those who follow them are under the wrath of Elohim. Let's now discuss the process of divine imputation. Divine imputation is the assignment of a spiritual attribute or position to man based upon the fulfillment of certain predefined requirements. It is the only spiritual model that can justify a man despite his past, present, or future transgressions. Romans 4, 20-22 reads, He, Abraham, did not hesitate about the promise of Elohim through unbelief but was strengthened in belief, giving esteem to Elohim and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. James 2, 23-24 reads, And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed Elohim, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he called him, he who loves Elohim. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by belief alone. Now, these verses prove clearly that Abraham's obedient faith in the Father's will inspired him to impute righteousness unto Abraham, which resulted in his justification. This is why Abraham is highly regarded as the father of the faithful. Now, whether we entertain the invitation of righteousness, perfection, or any other spiritual attribute, the primary objective of divine invitation remains the same. That is justification. For the scriptures prove man cannot attain to rightness on his own. Moreover, without attaining unto rightness and being declared right via divine imputation, we cannot attain unto everlasting life. Seeing as this is the basis for justification, we should consider a spiritual definition of justification to better understand the process of divine imputation. Justification is the act of Elohim declaring man free from guilt. It is predicated upon a meritorious declaration of rightness, which is a result of man fulfilling the requirements of the assignment. And every requirement on this wise involves a predetermined level of mastery of the Father's will. Now, the spiritual model of justification represents another layer in the validation of perfection. For there is no other standard by which the Father would free us from guilt, 
and all the damaging effects of sin. As he has already given his best to save us, we must now give our best to save ourselves. This speaks to the progressive models of salvation and the perfect assessment. In line with these models, the divine imputation of perfection is not instantaneous, occurring once and only at the end of our quest. On the contrary, the Father imputes perfection to us as we achieve various milestones along the way. The key takeaway is the imputation of perfection is contingent to your spiritual best. Thus, it is possible to lose your measures of perfection via regression if you should stop doing your best, for it is impossible to master his will apart from your best. Trust me, the Spirit will not strive with you if you are constantly going back and forth on your commitment to the Father's will. Although I'm not going to discuss it in this lecture, there is a point of no return in this disastrous cycle. I caution you not to venture anywhere near it. Now, here is the final word. Give your best to receive his best. Be perfect as he is perfect. The cycle of perfection is now complete. We've proven perfection is possible. We've established perfection as the Father's will. We've defined perfection, making it clear what it is and what it looks like. And now we revealed how we achieve a spiritual status of perfection. The only thing left for you to do now is make up your mind to achieve the perfection our creator has called you to. As you learn in the past podcast, all it takes is your best. And via the superlative model of divine imputation, Elohim will take care of the rest. Now, here is today's assignment. Take some time to meditate on this lesson. And in your prayers, give Elohim praise for creating such a wonderful and powerful process for the chosen elect to be justified and never see death. Likewise, thank him for imputing his perfection to you via his spirit when your best efforts do not warrant it. And thank him for accepting your spiritual best because you truly have nothing else to give. Always remember that as you continue in this quest. Now, here is what's next. Today's podcast be completed, The Divine Imputation of Perfection, and tomorrow's podcast is Everlasting Life is Everything. Now, if you are a member and have questions, please click the Q&A box underneath the video player. Likewise, if you have comments you want to share with the group, please share those in the comment box located beneath the Q&A box. Now, if you're not a member and you have questions about today's podcast, feel free to contact us via our website at www.pinnacleofholiness.com and use the form on our contact page, and we will respond to you as soon as we can. And thank you for being with us today.
hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Remember to tune in with us every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern. And if you haven't already, visit us at www.pinnacleofholiness.com and make sure you sign up to join the quest for holiness, perfection, and everlasting life 2022.